Welcome to the Art and Science of Joy podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast will be for you. I'm Andrew Cannon, and I have the honor to be your host. And in this episode, I'm excited to be talking with Paul Zak about immersion and emotional fitness. Paul is a professor at Claremont Graduate University, University. Paul's two decades of research have taken him from the Pentagon to Fortune 50 boardrooms to the rainforest of Papua New Guinea. Bit of jealousy there. His most recent book is Immersion, The Science of Extraordinary and the Source of Happiness. And in 2017, Paul founded Immersion Neuroscience, a software platform that allows anyone to measure what the brain loves in real time and is used to improve outcomes in entertainment, education, advertising, and to monitor emotional wellness. Paul is a regular TEDx speaker and has appeared on Good Morning America, Dockville, Fox and Friends, ABC News, and many, many more. Welcome, Paul. And now on the science of joy. Absolutely wonderful. We can add that to the list. Great. Immersion. What a word, what a word, love it. But can you spend a moment explaining what it actually means? Sure. So my lab spent about 20 years trying to identify the signals in the brain that in combination capture the value we get from social emotional experiences. Um, so as you know, Andrew, the brain's very lazy, just wants to kind of idle. And when we see this neurologic state called immersion, it, the brain is investing a lot of metabolic energy because it says, oh, this experience is really valuable to me. So it is uh, very similar to our evaluation mechanism for happiness. So what we know is that highly immersive experiences, peak immersion experiences are reported as very happy and that when people have more of these peak immersion experiences, they tend to have better social relationships, which extends our health span. Mm -hmm. well, that's fascinating. So... And you've written a book about this, which is wonderful. So talk about the motivation to write the book. Oh, I know it's it's not the easiest thing to do. So what motivated you? You know, really getting the word out. And I think we, you know, my group kind of does a couple of things. You know, my academic lab does a lot of uh, scientific research. And then when we find things that are useful, um, I've started four companies. Like, let's make this available to the world. Let's not keep it in a laboratory. Um, and then how, how does the world find out about it? So really sharing that information. Um, and Andrew, we've known each other a little bit of time, but I, I'm a big introvert, but I love to be on a stage, right? So um, part okay. of my job as a kind of public intellectual is to be out there talking. And so having a new book, putting that information in that book um, allows lots of people to, to use that information, which is why I'm talking to you, but also gives me a chance to go out and hit the road and talk to all kinds of interesting people. Yeah, yeah, no, I can definitely understand when you when you say that. I feel very much the same. That's my background in research of the highly introverted sometimes, but most of the time, but they're loving now and again to get on stage and to feel the energy and to give the energy. It's a great combination to be able to do that. Talking more about immersion then and the, and the benefits. I know you mentioned that there's some sort of social benefits to it, but what does the science say? Tell us, tell us all about that. Yeah, we kind of think that as people age, that their life becomes smaller, right? They're they're lose some friends, they um, uh, they become more isolated, 
Um, what we found in the published research is actually as we age, we get better at regulating our emotions. We tend to spend more time in the positive emotional space. And we maintain the ability to build very strong social relationships. Um, and that ability, again, may, may strengthen with age. So how do you do that? So I happen to live in the only blue zone in the United States. These are cities or regions where people regularly live past 100. And we've done a lot of research on these very long-lived individuals. Uh, so basically four things you can do to control um, your health span. Sleep, diet, exercise. That's been known for quite a long time, easy to measure. And the fourth is having rich social relationships. So when we study these individuals who live in this blue zone, uh, it's called Loma Linda, California. Um, so individuals who are the very, very old, this is, you know, 90, 95, over 100, um, often very well connected. They've been in helping uh, careers. So they're doctors, nurses, teachers. Um, so they're they're really focused on direct service to individuals. They tend mm -hmm. to volunteer a lot. Um, they're very well connected to their communities. Um, for Loma Linda, that's the Seventh-day Adventist um, institution. That There's a hospital that's there. And so a lot of them are, are uh, regular members of their church, um, but any community um, engagement is really important. So they're givers. And as you said about being on stage, when you give, you get, right? And that's the weird thing. So even if as a listener, you are the most selfish person ever, and I don't think listeners are going to be selfish, if you want to extend your health span, that is to live longer, happier, and healthier, you've got to give to others because it's that investment that again builds that ability to be immersed in true social relationships. And Andrew, it's really interesting. We're probably around the same age. You know, even in my 50s and 60s, I'm 61. Like, I'm still actually creating new friendships and really important friendships. Like, guys I just do crazy, exciting stuff with, you know, jump out of airplanes and do crazy things. And I just love these guys. They're like brothers to me. And I'm like, wait, I'm like kind of semi-old, you know, and I'm still forming those relationships. So, you know, I take my own work seriously. If it's that important, I have to get out of my lab, interact with humans, and then invest in those relationships so that I'm building up my emotional fitness. Yeah, that's amazing, you know, because we approach this when we talk about joy, we approach this very much from a consumer psychology perspective because, you know, my my background and my business partner, Debbie's background in consumer research. So we were looking at that perspective then looking at attitudinal research as our major tools for the research we did. And but basically coming to the same conclusions, right? That that well being, your well being obviously is foundational to this. But beyond that, this sense of belonging um is also very foundational. And and I know a lot of people suffer with it. Some of our research, I think, go almost as many as one in ten or maybe a little bit less than that, said they had no friends. Right. When you ask them how many friends you have, people you could rely on, you know, when you actually have a need of, hey, I really need something you can call in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, you know, almost one in 10 in America said, I have nobody um, I can call. So that was shocking, right? When you look at your data and how that impacts the brain to have that. And then beyond that, when you talk about the giving, you know, that our research again shows if you want to have a really high joy score, you've got to move from South to others and to, to really start thinking about investing in the positive fuel impact. But to jump out the airplane as well, have fun while you're doing it, right? Yeah. Um, super. So I'm just super, super amazed that, I'm, well, part of me is amazed, but part of me is also saying, yeah, I think this is, 
it's why, but to hear your brain science research sort of align with what we're doing and, and the joy is just so fascinating to me. So amazing, amazing that you're seeing the benefits. So, okay, people, we know emotion is good for you. How can people go about it? How can they? Interesting question, right? So luckily I wrote a book about it, but uh, yeah, the first thing is, is practice really being present, right? So it is so easy to be distracted. I realized that I don't even brush my teeth without looking at my phone and it's just horrendous. Like I can't spend two minutes brushing my damn teeth. And so it's really learning how to be fully present by with yourself, number one. So that could be take a walk. Mm. We know don't put on music or a podcast, you know, just practice on being present. So one way to do that with other people is what I call listening with your eyes, right? So as I'm talking to you, Andrew, I'm making eye contact with you, right? I'm looking at you. I'm giving you that real gift of being present and and listening, right? So I may look at you, but if I'm thinking about the next thing I want to say, then I'm not really present. So number one, you've got to be present. The second is you've got to give to others to get that back. So we talked about investing in relationships. Yeah. So for people who don't have that best friend they can call, um, who um, feel like they're socially isolated, it's go out and do something. Sign up, be a volunteer. Go uh, help at a preschool. Go, um, um, you know, hang out with older people who are lonely and build relationships. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, we've done research on on, on the very old and. These are, you know, mostly females, right? We're kind of grandmotherly. And I just, and this is like a month long. We see them every day. We're just a, there's a drug study. We're drawing their blood. I mean, it's a very, you know, kind of intense thing. And some of these ladies, they were like my grandmothers. And so then I would bring my kids and go visit them. And I just kind of, just randomly kind of form a relationship with a couple of them. And it was just lovely. And they always had cookies for my kids and we would come see them. You know, so that's that kind of investment that, Again, I think had I not done the research, because I'm a big introvert like you, I would have really thought about whether I should be or would want to. I was just like, oh, I'm a busy dude. Like, I shouldn't do it. I, oh, this is great for my kids. This is great for me. And these ladies are so sweet. And they're, you know, mostly living by themselves. So so be present and then form these, these social-emotional connections. And it is hard when you're more isolated, right? It's, it's kind of like a muscle, just like a muscle. So if you're if you haven't done that, You've got to kind of force yourself to do it. It's like going to the gym. So for me, I go every other morning. I, it's on my schedule. So I blocked out my calendar. Uh, if I have to take a call then, I will. So think of scheduling time to invest in others, right? It's a crazy idea, but if you're going to build up that joy, if you're going to have the, ple- the pleasure of helping somebody else, sign up. So once a week, um, go volunteer at the Humane Society and help uh, check in people with sick animals or whatever. Like... That's okay. And by the way, I should say, you know, dogs are, uh, uh, we do a lot of work on pets actually as well because pets could bring us joy. And so that kind of emotional contagion works great with dogs. So yeah, if you are missing that rich social relationship, start with a dog. You know, if you live in a park, get a small dog. And dogs, you know, you can talk to a dog and not be a totally crazy person. I talk to my dog, my dog's lying right here at my feet. I talk to him all the time. And I'm only half crazy, that's right. That's right. And yeah, and as you say, there's plenty of places that would welcome a volunteer to come in and help. And, and I think, don't think about the commitment. I think, you know, people think, oh, I've got to commit. It's got to commit. And it's all, no, go and try it out. Just say, hey, I don't know whether I'm going to like this, but I'd love to come and, you know, hang out with you guys, see what you're up to, try it out. And don't say, hey, I can't 
think about this because I can't commit for a year or whatever people think. So, you know, try and get rid of your internal excuses for why you shouldn't try this connecting with people. Can I go further? Why not commit? Yeah. Sit around, right? I'm going to commit to a year to, to one morning a week to doing this thing. And, um, so I started doing, I do a lot of hiking. And so I started doing the help with like clearing the trails. And so I'm driving this, you know, mower thing on these trails and people, you know, I have to stop, pull over because people are hiking, whatever. Every one of the people passed me, thanked me. They didn't, I mean, I, I they could have thought I was an employee. I don't know, but I was like, right. oh, wow, I get it right now. I, I'm, you know, I spent a couple hours in the heat, you know, clearing out these trails and people were so grateful. I'm like, oh, I get it. Right. Volunteering. Yeah. It's um, so, you know, and some of those people, I live in a smallish town, so some of those people like kind of recognize like, hey, I'm, I remember your kids went to school together. And so all of a sudden you start building that network. And so by having that, what I call emotional fitness, building up that social network, when life does, you know, kick you in the gut, which is going to every once in a while, you do have that person to call and say, hey, I really need some help right now. Can you take me to the doctor? Can you um, wash my dog? Can you, whatever that is. And he asked, you no. Know, I'm in the page. Sorry, Andrew. I'm in the stage of my life too, where I'm not shy at all to ask for help from from people I know. Like, you know, if I need help, I'm just gonna. If and they say no, that's okay. Then I've learned something about that relationship. But um, I think it's okay to ask as well to say, "Hey, we, you know, how, how about grabbing a coffee uh, uh, this weekend? You got got some time? Oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I love that idea." I love that idea. And I also love the idea that, you know, what we're trying now within the Year of Joy community, because when we set up the Year of Joy, we didn't realize how important that sense of belonging was. We were pretty focused on the on the well-being and giving people tools and tips to, you know, increase their well-being. And the feedback we got from the members was, well, that's great, but really I'd like to interact with the other members in the community and so we've sort of opened that up more and more. And now we're creating what we call this joy buddy system where people, and we connect them based on their joy score. So what they're interested in, it's a bit of a, like a matchmating Tinder for joy, maybe. Uh, but you know, we match people based upon how similar they, they, they sort of are and say, Hey, you know, get a joy buddy, which also helps with, with accountability. So, you know, you've got somebody you're going to check in with once a week, who's going to say, Hey, you know. Did you actually work on your joy muscles last week or did you work on your immersion? As we're doing our immersion week with Paul, you know, we're going to do that over four weeks. We're going to work on those tips. So those people, you know, have somebody else to lean on and say, I tried that, but that didn't really work for me. But this thing did. How about you? So I think that that's super interesting the way you're focused on that, that social connection. It's getting out there. Getting out there. I love that. I love that concept. Um, so the book, fantastic. Now as a researcher, I'm also super, super interested in the tech side of this and the app. So let's talk about Tuesday. Right. So as we did all this work, again, my job, my mission, my purpose in life is to create knowledge and technologies to help people live happier, healthier lives. And that we have a company that, that helps uh, people do that software as a service company. Um, and as we moved into this kind of emotional wellness space, we made a real decision as a company to create an app that's free for users. Mm -hmm. um, so businesses, health insurers, uh, wellness programs, they can pay to get these data. But we thought it's really important that individuals 
having the ability to see their own emotional states in real time. And so we create this app we call Tuesday so that every day can be your best Tuesday ever. Uh, so it's besttuesdayever.com if people want to download the app. It's free. It's in the app. Uh, the Android version is not quite ready yet. Uh, but yeah, you can actually see it. It has goals. Just like we have a goal to have steps, we have a ring for you to close for social connections. Right? That's Again, that's the fourth leg that, of that four-leg stool on extending our health span. So um, it has AI. It learns about you. It gives you suggestions. It'll tell you how what your best hours were in the day, what your worst hours are. It'll help you build that joy muscle, muscle, as you said, Andrew. And to me, it's the most important thing I've done in my life, just to be honest. Yeah. I feel like, you know, my 25 years as a professor has led up to this point where we have really good knowledge of the signals of the brain that we can capture coming out of the brain that capture the value of these social experiences we have. As you said, there's a social layer. So I can actually invite people to join my immersion or my uh, joy program and just say, hey, I'm going to form a group and then I can actually help support that group. So if I see someone in my group who's got low immersion, they're just not connecting, I can send them a thumbs up, an emoji. Now, it's it's anonymous because this is your data. You can, sh you can choose to share with somebody else, but if I formed a group and I have five people in there and I see one of those people is down, you know, then I can actually go in there and do something about it. So talk about social connection. From the brain perspective, great if I saw you in person. Andrew, we're, we're well overdue to have a beer and hang out for sure. Um, but this is not bad. And having being connected on the app, not bad, right? So in some sense, any connection is good connection, right? So mm -hmm. we need um, And so anyway, uh, the app is Tuesday. Uh, it's available in the Apple App Store. Uh, the Android version is coming out uh, soon. But you all you need is an Apple Watch or a Bluetooth fitness sensor. Woo, Palo, all that are supported. And you can actually see your own emotional wellness every day. You have goals, you level up, so that we're helping guide people towards greater joy, right? Isn't, isn't that the, the goal of life? And so now there's a tool to do that. And you can actually see your own emotional health any day. You need to carry an MRI scanner around with you. Uh, or we'll get one of those sort of things they used to stick on your brain with the little... Yeah, EEG helmet. So we in my lab, yeah. we blood draws to look at changes in neurochemicals and we really get very deep into that and we've done drug studies to turn on these pathways in their brain and we actually can motivate people to make more connections and increase their joy cool. like we know these pathways this is all published research people can just google it and my stuff will come up so again the point is what do we do with this so i think you know the year of joy is so valuable because it gives people the goal Right. And just like scheduling in volunteering or going to the gym, once you have a goal that says, oh, here's my ring to close. I haven't done that enough. Um, let me then go and um, check in on my neighbor, uh, take my dog for a walk. The dog is, by the way, a great hook. Every time I walk my dog, the, oh, your dog's so cute. I was walking by, uh, I walked through a Walmart parking lot this morning on my daily walk. And there's a guy, you know, cleaning up and collecting the shopping carts, older gentleman. And he goes, Oh, I used to have a German Shepherd. I used to have a German Shepherd. What's your dog's name? And so we had a nice little five-minute conversation. Lovely one, older gentleman who's doing hard work. It's just six in the morning. And he's out there working hard, you know. What a wonderful human being. And so if I brought him a little bit of happiness, he brought, certainly brought me happiness. We've right. had it for a couple minutes. You know, what's, that's, that's the essence of life. Here's a, here's a suggestion. 
You know what I started doing recently, Andrew? Talking to people in elevators. It brings me so much joy for two reasons. One is you do, you're sitting there in a box and you're a freaking human being. You know that there's another human there. Don't just try to ignore them, number one. And so half the people you talk to are like, oh my gosh, they're like, hey, how's your day going or whatever. Something really nice. I've met the nicest people on that 20 second or 30 second ride. And about half the people are freaked out, which also somehow makes me happy. You're like, what? Well, why are you talking to me? I'm like, because you're wearing a box and I'm standing next to you. Why should I not talk to you? And they're like, but that's weird. I'm like, we're humans. We talk, we have language, we talk to each other. Why is that weird? And then, so anyway, all that is kind of weirdly funny. So people can try these things. Just like talk to the guy at Walmart, talk to the person in that elevator box and just see what happens. It's super weird. Now you have learned, figured out by now, I'm a Martian and I'm really interested in observing the humans and trying to figure out what they're doing. So it may not work for everybody who's listening, but you know, it's, it works for me. Give it a go. Give it a go, everybody. So just to understand, so when you had this interaction with the guy in the Walmart parking lot and he had this cool five minutes, you could later in the day or later in the week, you could see that in the app. You could see that you're sort of talking real through that moment. I'm 95 out of 100, my friend. Look at that big smile I've got. I'm getting a lot more value of this than I did a baseline. And my background is fall, so that's moderate psychological safety. So I'm a little bit stressed because, yeah. you know, talking and I'm putting energy in. So I can see it in real time, right? I can finish my conversation and look at my phone and go, oh my gosh, I was at, you know, 90 out of 100 last five minutes talking to this guy who, I'm, you know, I never saw before. On the other hand, I live in a small town. I may see this guy again, right? And so if I recognize how nice would that be? to then build another friend. So when I walk my dog, I've met probably 10, a dozen neighbors who are morning walkers like me. And, you know, yeah. I see them across the street that pet the dog. We know we say hello. A couple of people I've exchanged phone numbers with. I mean, that's building that emotional fitness, building up that base. Now, again, when I come home, am I a nicer person to my wife because I had these positive interactions? Yeah. Am I, am I nicer to, um, uh, you know, people on the Zoom? Probably. I'm certainly not yeah. getting beat up by those, you know, interactions. I'm at least getting some sense of joy from them. Yeah, no, it's amazing kind of, and I love your app in the way that it encourages social interactions because so many of the things in our lives are taking us away from social interactions. So, you know, self-service checkout in the supermarket, my mother used to be the best person at talking to cashiers, right? In the supermarket and engaging them, they're having a tough day, right? Scanning those things all day somebody takes the time to interact with them it's, it's it's wonderful for both people everybody else gets annoyed in the queue you know oh no i'm behind the person who's going to talk for 10 minutes well uh, but that's a different story but you know we've been forced in many ways now we've got driverless cars coming in california and they are, i know they're testing them and they're actually launching this so you're not going to be able to talk to your taxi driver anymore Right. So, yeah, wonderful conversations with uber and taxi drivers if i go to a new city right best source of knowledge uh, I mean, now when you're that's phone. taken away. Yeah, but you could jump on your phone and do a FaceTime with someone else instead of having to focus on driving yourself or talking to the driver. So, you know, I think we as long. Yeah, I think Americans in particular, you know, we so we think of ourselves as so independent, but we're not. We're a social creature. Our our brains anatomically, our brains are designed to absorb that social information, and if not about getting it, then I become you know I lose the ability to do that. Right, the brain again is very. Mm. Late. I'm not extending this muscle of being present and emotionally connected. It's going to atrophy. 
Right. So you say in real time, your own scores, you can create group C, a comparison to, to that, see how you're doing, you could see how being with other people interacts. So you could basically do a friend audit, I suppose, over time. You could see which friends are uplifting you, which ones are bringing you down. In fact, if they're both using the Tuesday app, you'll see these little overlapping circles. You'll see how similar you are in terms of your immersion. So again, immersion is contagious, right? So if I'm having a great time, you generally are too. And so, yeah, you can find mm-hmm. out who, who kind of your closest friends are. Both sorts of five uses benefits to this app. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So I think it's, you don't have a timeline on the Android yet. That's still sort of in the, in the making. It'll be two months. Yeah. Getting close, but, um, the, the um, Apple version supports all the Bluetooth uh, wearables. So Scotch, yeah. Halo, Whoop, it's all supported. So um, most wearables, yes, go. Brilliant. And, and, you know, a big heartfelt thanks for you to making this a free gift to the world, alongside, obviously, the corporate stuff um, where you can make some money for all the effort you put in. Kudos for that, for, to actually put aside, um, you know, passion and to give it to the gift to the world. That's an amazing thing you're doing. So thank you on behalf of humanity for that. Very kind of you to say that, Andrew. You're welcome. You're welcome. So what's next? What's next? What's Paul going to do next? Yeah, what's next, I think, is uh, really moving into the mental health space and helping people who are really suffering. Um, so we're publishing new research now showing that we can proactively guide people to get uh help, resiliency resources, prior to them having a crisis. Um, we're also moving into the uh, uh, physical health space. So a lot of physical health disorders are associated with social withdrawal, and we can measure that uh, using our technology yeah. from heart disease to autoimmune diseases to Parkinson's. So um, let's kind of be proactive about getting people help that they need. And I think even for people who are, like most of us, hopefully, you know, rather healthy, really think about thriving as opposed to just surviving, right? Again, I don't want to just avoid stress. Moderate stress is good for you. It's very engaging, right? Jumping on an airplane you know, or climbing a mountain, whatever, that's stressful, but it's good for you, right? It builds that not only physical fitness, but emotional fitness. So really think about um, using this, all this years of research and the technology to help as many people as possible live really rich lives. And also, I think, um, lean into... Uh, neural diversity, right? So we all kind of go through life differently. We're all weird in a, you know, anatomical sense, genetic sense, we're a little different. And so I think once we um, see other people's data who are close to us, we can understand that their brains are not working exactly like ours are, and we should really accept them for who they are. And I think one of the highest levels of, of joy is just really meeting people on where they are, not trying to change them um, not even try to help them necessarily, but just giving them affection, care, love. Yeah, um, there's nothing more important than that to me. Yeah, oh, that's, that's beautifully said, Paul. Beautifully said. So, going to wrap it up. One last question: We always like to ask, ask our guests, "What brings you joy?" It's such an unfair question, right? Because uh, many things. I, you know, my kids, of course, but also you know the sense of purpose for me. Like I'm very purpose driven. Um, I'm, I'm not very money driven. Uh, I, I don't really like attention. I don't, you know, even though I like to get on stage and talk to what I'm doing, um, you know, mostly I really want to be of service. And so when I have that sense of purpose and people around me 
amazing group of technologists who've helped me all bringing this all to life. Um, you know, I feel like every day when I go to sleep, like, okay, I did some something useful today. I did mm-hmm. something that helps at least one person. And if I did do that, at least I was loving and kind to those around me. So uh, I think if I can do that, then hopefully I can live a, a joyful life and uh, and a full life where I'm not, uh, I don't have regrets. I have some regrets, but I'll, hopefully I don't have too many. Right. And not too many regrets are lots of stories. That's the thing. Oh, yeah, good story. <laughs> Excellent. Well, unfortunately, Paul, that's all we've got time for today, but it's been a real pleasure and joy chatting with you today. You're the best, Andrew. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I hope you, our listeners, have enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. And if you do feel inspired by Paul and his work on emotional, on immersion and emotional fitness, please check out the links in the show notes. Um, if you're not already a member of the Year of Joy, please check that out on our website, um, the art of the to joy.com and go ahead and join. It's like Paul's Tuesday app. It's free. So you can get Paul's app. You could join the community. Two things you could do today for free in your lives. How about that? Um, so thank you once again for listening. And I hope you tune in for the next episode of the Art and Science of Joy podcast. Until then, stay well, stay joyful, and immerse yourself.